Welcome everyone to Overcome Podcast. Actually, this is the first episode of 2023. And uh, with me today, um, someone that uh, recently had a very interesting uh, situation that she had to overcome. So it's a very good to start the year with some positive uh, mindset and attitude. Uh, so without further ado, welcome Al Sebo to Overcome Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me today, hey? All right, Al. So uh, before we talk about um, the the injury that actually caught my attention and um, I invited you to participate, uh, give you an overview about uh, your fitness journey so far. I noticed that you have competed in the past. Um, what led you to compete? How that started? Yeah, that's a great question. And it goes back about... 10 years ago when I was about 200 pounds and I was in the thick of addictions as well. And so as I gained my sobriety, bodybuilding, fitness became this stepping stone into becoming the best version of myself that I wanted to be. Wow. And so, yeah, when I was 19, I got sober and I started working out and then I started falling in love with bodybuilding. And so... It's been a journey where I've competed in bikini and figure throughout the years, and I'm now kind of working towards preparing for the wellness division, which I hope to compete in within the next two years. That's awesome. Wow. But how did you discover fitness bodybuilding at that point? Because one thing is you get sober. That was a challenge on its own. How were you introduced to this, this uh, world of bodybuilding? That's also a great question. I got introduced to it when I moved to Squamish and I was looking for a job and out of nowhere I saw a gym that was opening up and I had worked customer service in the past and I thought, why not try something that's outside of my comfort zone? So when I started working there, I met someone by the name of Kara and she became an inspiration as she was a bikini competitor that I had met and I wanted to look and be just as strong as she was and feel just as confident too as she she really embodied this sense of compassion towards others she was also really confident and she was also really strong both physically and mentally and that was really inspirational at that time wow that's uh, amazing and prior to that uh realization you never had a workout. You said that you were 200 pounds. Um, so you were very sedentary at that point. Yeah. To give a bit of a kind of uh, uh, an idea, I was the kid in high school that my parents used to write notes to excuse me out of PE classes. As Yeah, <laughs> that's how unfortunately out of weight and just as well as out of shape that I was, was I didn't want to do anything in regards to physical activity. Wow, what a change. Amazing. Absolutely fantastic. And uh, so you met her and you start, you know, that sparkle your desire to start training. Now, between training and compete, there is a, a big difference because not everyone has the mindset of competing. You know that. So what what really change you to go to the next level and say, okay, I actually want to compete on this. When I look back, I think it was when I had reached a point in my sobriety 
where I was like, if I can do this, I can do anything out there. And at that time too, Kara was kind of getting ready for a photo shoot. And she pushed me a little bit being like, hey, have you ever thought about maybe just doing a prep? Your genetics are there. You're at a space where you could start building. And that was enough of a nudge that got me motivated to give it a go. Yeah. And how long it took you to prep for your first show? Took me approximately, I believe it was a year. I competed as a natural bikini competitor um, for the federation called the BCABBA, which no longer exists, but is known now as the CPA. Are you planning to do uh, or have you done NPC competition? And so in Canada for NPC, ultimately I'm competing through the IFBB league more so to then be able to make my way down to the States. So then that way mm. I can compete with the big guys and the big girls down there. So hopes. So that's, that's your goal for wellness? Yes. It's a personal goal to be able to make it to the Olympia or Arnold amateur stage. That's a great goal. That's a great goal. And uh, as long as you take serious and you you work hard, I'm pretty sure that you're going to be able to, to achieve that. Uh, so you did compete first time. You said that you compete twice, right? One, one in bikini and one in, in figure, right? Yeah, so I've competed in bikini way back in 2017 once, 2018 twice. Or sorry about that. 2017 once, 2018 twice. And then that's when I hung it up as the feedback that I was getting from the judges was that I was too dominant in my lower half for bikini. Mm. And so I took a year off to try a figure out. And so in 2019, I competed as a figure competitor. And, and looking back now, do you have a preference uh, in which shape you prefer to, to carry on moving forward? More a bikini-like or more... Uh, a figure-like uh, type of shape? I'm definitely going to say more the bikini shape. Um, I'm hoping to compete in wellness, which is what I kind of consider the jacked bikini kind of look. It's kind of a more muscular, curvy, dominant lower half bikini look. And so that's kind of the route I'm heading down. Okay, that's great. Bit on this transition between beginning and uh, figure, how, how long it took you to make this transition? Like a year to, to prepare and, and gain some muscle? Approximately a year and a half, yeah. I took the time and I milked it as much as I could to ensure that I was as physically prepared for the category as possible. What was the, the hardest part, uh, in your opinion? for this transition uh, it was to gain a little bit of lean weight or to build more muscle what was the hardest part of the prep I think there's two pieces that I actually you know when I look back at that were really challenging and one it was getting outside of my comfort zone in regards to my body weight you know to be able to add the muscle that you want to you need to put yourself in a place that you've never been in before and I had reached about 160 pounds at five foot so I was quite uncomfortable at one point and then the second part would be not working legs <laughs> I'm a I love working my lower body but based off the feedback that I had gotten it was too developed even for figure especially in my glutes area so for a year and a half 
I barely trained lower body, and that was really mentally challenging. <laughs> Interesting. Um, right now, um, as I said in the in the beginning, one of the things that uh, you were actually working out legs when you had that little accident uh, that pop on your knee that draw a lot of attention. You got a lot of views on that video uh, because it was so scary. Just the large uh, pop. Um, Tell a, a little bit more about that scenario. What what really happened? Were you are you you're used to do that exercise? Uh, why you think it happened that way? Yeah. So that that's like the million dollar question, yeah. isn't it? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> and on the video, that's a lot of the comments that have been there too. Is like what actually happened, and a lot of people perceived that it was either an ACL, LCL, or MCL tear, and so. What ended up happening was I was doing a standing hip thrust movement and I was just kind of making my way to my top set. So that wasn't quite it yet, unfortunately. And what ended up happening was my patella, the small part of my knee that fits in kind of like a puzzle piece, dislocated and shot out laterally. And so that loud pop that people heard was the patella dislocating. The little sack that's also inside of it was the fluid that you heard too. And then within that brief second, it relocated. And that was the really loud sound a lot of people heard was that bone fully moving out of place to the side and then popping back into place. Wow. So it was nothing as serious as it looks. No, it sounded super gnarly, though. Yes, right? it did. Like... <laughs> And I think that's what kind of made it look a lot worse and what also made a lot of people diagnose it to be what they thought it was, right? Was whether that was, you know, the ACL tear or even a vastus medialis tear. So my inner quad muscle, some people thought that I had perhaps torn that. But after seeing the sports medicine specialist and following up with the examinations they requested, it ended up being a simple dislocation. And that, okay, so now let's step back. In, 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 I'm not sure if you already rewind and try to think uh, or if your doctor actually told you uh, one of the reasons why this could happen but why you believe that it happened it was a, because it doesn't feel like you have a lot of load uh, as far as weight right um, it, it looks like a very simple movement you're not really doing a lot of uh, heavy load. Um, so do you, uh, do you think, do you have any idea why it did happen? Yeah, I have a really good idea of what actually took place in that moment. And so it took, actually, it took us looking at the video in slow-mo a little bit. And so after all the medical examination as well, it came out to be that my patella on my left side is as flat as a skipping stone. Whereas usually your patella is supposed to be a little bit more like a puzzle piece, a little bit more pointed so it can fit in between the femur and the tibia. However, mine's as flat as a skipping stone, which means that it dislocates and relocates quite easily. This injury happened about two years ago as well, when I was even just doing plyometric jumping oh, lunges. Really? So you so, had that same experience in the past? Yeah, not to this extreme, but I've had a similar experience in the past so as well. So this probably explains why you were so calm when it happened, because you're like, yep, yeah, I think something happened, but extremely calm, where you didn't freak out or anything. 
no you know in that moment I, I could tell my nervous system was shocked I literally felt like what it was I think what I felt was cortisol rushing through my body and I was like I can either panic in this moment which is going to make it 10 times worse or I can think about what my father used to say which was it's still attached so we're winning and don't jump to conclusions at this time. <laughs> yeah, your reaction was amazing because uh, you just sat there and it was like, yep, uh, something is not right. And uh, But again, I think the experience that you have uh, lived in the past brought you that conclusion that you immediately thought, oh, well, I know what's going on. I had an idea. And that's why I say an idea. As last time it was through a body weight movement and it wasn't as loud or is extreme but this time around hearing it especially that was the biggest kind of alarm bell internally that I had felt was like oh yeah. crap I'm okay but like let's just stay still for a second just in was case was it painful? <laughs> I think in that moment it was more of a shock than painful um, when I think back especially being in that moment in my body I don't remember any pain. I just remember some sadness, to be honest. So uh, with right you. after, even after the fact, like the day after, no major pain, for example. Some discomfort, but no major pain. Um, I don't know if that's just because I'm a bit of a positive poly, and I always look at the positive and stay in that gratitude piece, um, or because it wasn't as bad as mm -hmm. it was and. It was just swollen and had some inflammation around the joint. So the rehab probably is quite uh, easy at this point, right? It's not, not, you are not completely over and unable to work out. You probably can do some stuff, but very light. Is that correct? So I'm back to the gym and I've actually been cleared to start working out legs again. And that was like three weeks ago? Yeah, almost a month ago yeah, that injury yeah, happened. Three, four weeks ago, that's right. Yeah, it's definitely, if it looks, it looks really seriously. Not only the sound, but if you watch the video, you clearly see the patella moving. It's like, oh, something bad happened there. Um, and you've done that exercise before many times, right? Yeah, so the standing hip thrust is not one that I'm not accustomed to. That piece of equipment that's been in the gym has been there for some time, and I've used it in the past. I actually went to that piece of equipment as I had. I was using the cable hip thrust machine, and I had maxed out the weight on there. And so I wanted to kind of use something that was a little bit more yeah, challenging. Because I saw a lot of people also criticizing the machine. I'm not really sure if the machine is the root cause, right? Yeah, and that's why too. Um, a few people I have shared, you know, underneath their comments that, you know, when you take a look at it too, anatomically uh, or anatomically, really tough word I can't pronounce apparently. <laughs> but I'm also kind of short for the machine, and so when you look at actually the length of, like, for example, my femur and as well as my tibia, that machine gives me a shorter range of motion. And so, for other people, it's fantastic. It's just, unfortunately for me, with my pre-genetic dispositions as well, it was a formula for that kind of injury to take place. And again, you, you've done before. It isn't, it's not that you were using that machine for the first time. 
so it was just a very unfortunate uh, situation that took place but uh, gladly nothing serious you are back to the gym working out and uh, most importantly it, it it didn't require to you to do any surgery or anything because a lot of people also thought immediately oh you're gonna have to have a surgery <laughs> so very extreme yeah and I mean even for my friends and family so to share like I come from a healthcare background my dad's a registered nurse and my mom's a personal care aide and so first thing I did was send it to my dad and my dad's like well it's good it's still attached but like could have totally torn your ACL and people sharing a little bit of what they thought could be the situation or the scenario and I feel like taking a look at it now that's why I just want to share that that piece machine wasn't the cause of the injury or anything like that it it was a formula that had other ingredients inside of it was uh, that um the most bizarre type of injury that you had uh, throughout this journey of of uh, joining bodybuilding, preparing to compete, or you or you have done any other thing in the past that was worse than that. I think this one, and as well as the injury that I had obtained actually to my wrist, um, as it did the same thing. Um, one of my joints actually shot out laterally and then relocated when I was doing a hip thrust motion. Don't know how, but what they think is just the small movement that I did, literally twisting my wrist like this and trying to lift, this part of my wrist shot out and then came back in. And that injury took about four weeks to heal. And I wasn't able to lift anything. I had no grip strength with that hand either, unfortunately, for some time. Pretty healthy uh, for the most part. I mean, just a, a couple of injuries here and there. Um, which is good, which is good. Uh, injuries always will happen. It's really how you react to the situation rather than allowing the situation dictates how you react, right? So as you said, you, you always have the opportunity to react in a positive manner. Yeah, and that's why I'm such a a big believer in slowing down, you know? We have the word react and respond react is usually something we do when we're really kind of in the moment we're outside of our window of tolerance and we're kind of freaking out a little bit whereas in that moment I was able to respond in the way that was appropriate to what I needed to to care for myself excellent that very very well said um, the difference between react and respond is a, is a very interesting approach right as you said react is is very you don't take in consideration a lot of things you just naturally react uh, and sometimes it's not the, the reaction is not the best one <laughs> <laughs> no but it's the most human one sometimes that comes out yeah, too right <laughs> true, true. so now that you uh, are going through this uh, past the rehab continue to go and now you are on this journey for wellness um, and you you put yourself in a timeline of one year and a half why you were waiting that long because it feels like you can accomplish this in a shorter period of time it's, it's just because you have other things going on in your life and and this is not going to be your main priority and you have other things to do or you just being very cautious about the steps to get there i think both to be honest with you 
being cautious with taking the steps there to honor my health as well and make sure that I'm caring for my body and as well as my hormones as best as I can throughout the journey. Um, eating a lot of food too is very stressful on the system. You know, I got up to about 5,500 calories in my off season um, earlier this year and I noticed just how stressful it was on my body wow, too. 5,500? Um, yeah, <laughs> 5,500. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it was. And, you know, with that too, the reason why I want to take a little bit more time as well is I'm just finishing my professional counseling diploma. So I just finished school in a fast track manner to become a counselor to work in the mental health field. And now I'm working towards starting my own business so I can help people move through death, dying, grief, transition and loss as that's kind of where my professional heart is. That's super interesting. Mental health is such an important subject. And uh, I see a lot of people that use fitness as a, a way to get better on their mental health perspective. Uh, what, what can you say about that with your experience and with your technical expertise in the field? Absolutely. You know, fitness, the gym, you know, working out, it puts your body and mind in a space where you have to overcome your discomfort. You know, we hear the word going until failure, going until you fail a lot in the gym. And failure to me also stands for something. And it's first attempt in learning. So every time we're in the gym and we're pushing to new boundaries, new places, we're not only just pushing ourselves somatically, physically, but we're also pushing ourselves cognitively and emotionally to overcome a boundary that once kept us from overcoming that discomfort. You know, whether that's achieving a new PR on a deadlift and really just sitting in that moment of, holy crap, I just did that. I just pulled 595 from the ground, even though a part of me was telling me, no, it's not possible. It takes everything inside of you to let go of the fear that once shackled you to be able to overcome, to bring yourself to these new limits and these new possibilities. So the gym's a great place where you get to exercise both your body, but as well as your mind. That is a beautiful definition uh, of uh, how the gym can bring a mental strength uh, that you can carry on throughout your life, right? Because as you gain that strength at the gym, you start to get prepared for real-life situations. Uh, you become more confident. Self-confidence is a big thing. I personally lost 100 pounds when I started my journey, and my le level of self-confidence was changed completely. Yeah. Like, did you find that it almost doubled in a sense oh, yeah, for you? Absolutely, absolutely. The way that I behave, the way that I present, the way that I drive... Uh, my projects, everything changed for the better. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm presuming that might have opened up a door as well for new opportunities that may not have been present beforehand. Indeed, because what happened is, and you probably felt that, is when you, when you are in shape, you feel more confident to take risks. Uh, to expose yourself to different situations just because of that the self-confidence is really big. Uh, it's not only about the body confidence, but your mind is very strong too. 
and, and that's what really drives you to take new risks in things. Very well said. Yes. Yeah, so I think you are in a perfect field because you are able to do what we always say, walk the talk, because there's a big difference when you have a doctor or a health professional that only knows the theory and uh, only preach the theory, but doesn't really practice. And you walk the talk, right? As for me, in my own beliefs and in my own heart, it's really important that you walk the talk and you also hold hands in what you believe. Because if not, then are you really living in truth of who you are and of what you truly believe? I love to use the example of the dentist. If you go to a dentist and your dentist smiles you and you look at the teeth and like, wow, that's not really what I was expecting. You immediately <laughs> like, well, I think I'm going to change my dentist, right? That's, that's a simple comparison, but it's true. It is. A lot of, pe a lot of people, really they, they don't like that. They actually they try to separate the theory and the practice with uh, how they drive their lives. And, and, you know, I know that people gain weight over time. But when you see, for example, a personal trainer that is out of shape, it's, it doesn't really look good. It's just, it doesn't align the message with what you're expecting, right? Yeah, I hear that, definitely, right? And that also speaks volumes towards perception as well, what people percept when they see things and when they view people too. And that's why each perception is going to be different. And I know for me, like you just shared with the dentist example, it's important that you hold both of those in hand and that, you know, as someone who is in the fitness industry, but as well as the mental health industry, that I walk the path and I walk the talk. Because not only is it important to me as a professional, but it's important to me as a human too. Yeah, and, and your voice is extremely calming. So you, I think you definitely are on the, the, the right path to calm people down because it, it really helps. <laughs> I'm not sure if someone told you that, but that's, uh, that's my perception. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. And that's why too, I want to kind of continue with palliative and hospice care and stuff like that is it takes a little bit of a softer individual and a softer approach. Yeah. And, and, and do you have any plans to coach as well? Or do you want to do fitness only to yourself? Because I think that, that you could also explore this at some point in time, don't you think? Yeah, actually, that's a great question. I used to own my own online coaching company where I was doing personal training, nutritional guidance and information mm -hmm. too, accountability coaching and stress coaching. And so I'm hoping with the new business platform that I'm building that I might be able to offer some accountability coaching. However, I think I want to honor the sacred place that fitness has in my heart as well, especially bodybuilding. That's my jam. That's my kind of place where I get to put all my energy into, and that's sacred to me. And so I'm wanting to find a place where I can kind of blend the two, but honor kind of where I'm at too. So you, you, do you still take clients, uh, or you put that business on hold for now? Actually, starting in January, my new business will be opening up, and I will be opening up my doors to accountability coaching and stress resilience coaching. And do you have a website uh, that people will be able to to uh, uh, inquiry or see more information, or is it just your Instagram? 
Right now, it's just my Instagram. However, within the next few weeks, I'm working on developing a platform. So then that way, I can have my information available on a website. Okay, so just for the record, we are recording this episode in December. It'll be out in January. So when she's saying in a few weeks, she's still talking about <laughs> December. So by the time that the episode is out, which is first week of January, hopefully the platform will be out. Exactly. And I'll have all of that also available and linked to my personal page. So then that way it can teleport people to my professional platform where they can see the different services that I'll have available. That's awesome. Very cool. It'll be, you know, it'll be a challenge, uh, which I'm pretty sure you can handle uh, to do all that, handling the new business, the new clientele, going to this new uh, field uh, of mental health. And on top of that, prepping for a wellness now i understand why you need one year and a half right because <laughs> you're gonna be pretty busy uh on the next few months yeah busy though with the heart full which i'm excited for yeah absolutely it's, it's exciting it's, uh, it's that type of busy that drives you because it motivates you and everything but it's always good to have that goal you know that long-term goal and i think that this is what you are trying to establish is having that long-term goal that you want to compete at the olympia amateur is very important now talking about goals you uh, and i know that goals are to establish goals is important to have a timeline you already put that but do you ha have any kind of accountability to yourself or do you hire a coach to train you how do you keep on track to really make sure that you are making progress towards that goal? And that's a great question, right? Because that's really important is, you know, not just having the end goal in sight, but also being proactive towards the steps that get you there. And so I have a coach that I do work with for both training and nutrition. He's actually my partner um, and the person I live with. So he gets to see me every day and help me too in regards to changes or kind of tweaks that we need to make. So he and I do weekly check-ins on Saturdays to touch base and see what needs to be changed, what needs to be amped up, and what needs to be modified. Because um, I'm a very uh, glute-dominant individual, and I love training glutes. And uh, he, it's been really great because he can stay on top of me and be like, hey, are you really supposed to be doing that in the gym right now? <laughs> or, hey, don't forget about this meal later on that we have. So. Ooh. It's it's an amazing space, an amazing person to have in my corner. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, so you consider that at this point in time you are in an off-season? Yeah, I'm fully embracing and living the beautiful kind of off-season, <laughs> but still eating, still keeping track of my steps, my sleep, my water. So nothing's really changed. It's just, it's not cutting time at Right, this but point. you are also not or you are i'm not sure that's a question are you too worried about not gaining too much weight i'm not actually too worried about weight because i know that my body will go where it needs to go for what it needs to do to gain the muscle that i need to as well which means that i might need to get a little bit uncomfortable and gain another five to ten pounds and that's okay you know along mm -hmm. that path i'll just have to be honest with myself and if i do get uncomfortable sit down and remind myself why I started this and why I'm doing this. And are you counting your macros or you don't really count your macros? We usually do count macros and calories. Right now with the holidays, I'm 
might be enjoying a few extra treats yeah, here yeah, and there. Of course, yeah. So can't guarantee where I'm at, but eating all the food and enjoying all modalities of exercise right now that I can. That's amazing. Well, uh, it was such a amazing conversation, Al. Um, I, I hope that your business can take off uh, the way that you're planning. As I said, by the time that this episode is out, uh, your business probably will be already in full productivity. Uh, if you are watching this episode uh, on YouTube, there is the uh, link for Al's uh, Instagram page. And uh, make sure to follow her to, to get more information about uh, this coaching services that she is, uh, this new platform that she is um, releasing in 2023. Al, Thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you so much for inviting me and thanks for this great conversation. Yeah. It's great to get to know you a little <laughs> bit more intimately. Take care. Uh, happy uh, 2023. Happy 2023. All right, everyone. This is a wrap for today's episode. Uh, stay tuned. This year we have way more uh, great episodes to come. Bye.